Welcome everybody to Eminem Podcast, a special edition, and it is all filmed as well from Deacon Stadium. Uh, we have uh, a few finals to discuss, lads, and uh, who, who better to bring on than uh, the main Bar TV commentary MPL1 team this season? We've got Russ Gibbs as always. Russ, how's it going? Very good, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having us on again. Yeah, and sorry we didn't have time to, you know, do your hair. Uh, anyway. no, no hair, no makeup. We've just come straight from another 90 minutes of commentary. You know, what is this, man? Come on. Um, uh, Frank, how are you going today? Good, thanks, Matt. Thank, thank you for joining me, as always. Now, let's just get straight into it. Let's start with the MPL1 final yesterday. Uh, three 1-1 winners were Canberra, Croatia. We had Keir, Kista and Barrage with the goals, if I'm not mistaken. And Bernabeu Madrid scored for Gungahlin United. Uh, let's just start with your initial uh, thoughts of the game. Of course, Canberra Croatia opened the scoring, uh, scored two goals in the first 16 minutes. What what did you think overall? We'll start with uh, you, Russ. Well, I don't know about Frank, but I actually think that um, the quality of the goals probably masked that the game wasn't as good as we hoped it would be. It was a bit bitty in parts. It was a bit scrappy in parts, but um, the better team won the game. And we got four really good goals to, to watch. And, um, you know, it was very similar in the build-up to the start of the game that we saw here a couple of weeks ago when Canberra Croatia won 5-0. There was two early goals and that left Gungahlin United a lot to do. And with the quality that Canberra Croatia have on the break, it's unsurprising that they went on to win that game. They've been the better side all season, I think. They've gone through the year undefeated, so they're worthy champions for me. Yeah, I agree with you, Russell. I guess we're sitting home this morning just thinking about the whole season. And um, interesting that you know, Canberra Croatia obviously worthy champions, undefeated, but they were down against Olympic, they were down against Tuggerong, they were down against Bill Conan. They could have actually been on the back end of three losses, um, but undefeated and, and worthy champions, and uh, they really underlined that last night, I thought. Yeah, I don't think they um, hit their gear for a full 90 minutes in any any game, really, did they, Across the, for me, across the whole season. There was bits and pieces where they played some really good football, scored some great goals as well, but... Yeah, you know, there's still work to be done there. Well, what about the match against Gungahlin two weeks ago? Even, even then, okay. even then, I thought they played well for about 40, 50, 60 minutes maybe, and there was patches in that game. Well, I think Dini Greenwich said afterwards, there was patches in that game he wasn't happy with. And, and, and I think you were you were on that one as well. And, and they could have kicked on in that one. And I think whether that was a combination of that the game was done by halftime at 3-0 or that Gungahlin came back into it in the second half. Um, yeah, there was patches in that game, which wasn't great for them either. So whilst they're worthy champions, I think... Dean will think there's still work to be done there as well. And Frank, as a coach yourself, do you do you uh, respect that quality of a side when you're not uh, playing to your the best of what you think is your ability, but you're still getting those results? Or I mean, you you, you take a, a win over a loss and, and a great performance any day of the week, in my opinion. But having said that, obviously, you know, every coach is out there trying to get a 90 minute performance and a consistent performance over the course of a year. So, look, consistency wise, you know, if you look at results alone. Canberra Croatia have been head and shoulders above everybody else, um, but I, I think Russ is right, and I think you know, and that even talking to Dean, you, you know that there wasn't that complete ninety-minute match that they played, but it's that's not easy to get either. But you know, there's always going to be periods where the opposition gets hold of you or concentration lapses or things like that. I just think for for even um, that game against Gungala when they won five 0 and the game against Cooma the week before Russ when they sort of won, I think it was four 0 as well. There were periods there where they just sort of... It wasn't as if the opposition had lifted. They just dropped their standard a little bit. And before we move on to Gungahlin, let's talk about uh, Canberra Croatia. Who do you think were the... Um, in this match here, in the final, who do you think were standouts for them on the pitch? Well, we gave a man of the match to Nico Oida, um, 
who we were both asked afterwards, we both said the same thing. We thought he was, uh, personally, I thought he was excellent. Emilio Kishta would have pushed him a long way as well. I thought he had a good game as well. But Great goal. Fantastic goal, as per usual, with Emilio Kishta. Doesn't do bad goals. Um, but I think in overall contribution to the game, both defence and in attack and the link-up play in between, I think Nico Oida, for me, just wrapped up what his season's been for us, which has been the best player in the competition. If, if you're going to give a 3-2-1, I think last night, you probably you would have had the three three of the, uh, the, the Canberra Croatian midfielders in there. Um, so I, I would have gone, you know, Oido, Calvatalo and Kistas uh, for mine. Um, but I, I think, you know, obviously to me, I, I don't know, I'll go on about Matty Gerbiser a lot, but um, he is so significant to that side and just the way they set up. And, and you know, we talk about attitude and making sure that people are, are on their game. He um, he just does that in spades for them. He leads by example, doesn't he? And he does give them uh, uh, that, that little bit of extra uh, fire as well. That they need when they need it, you know, and you've got to have players like that. Indeed, and you mentioned Matt Gerbisher, and I had him uh, for a post-game interview along with um, Ivan Pavlak, who, of course, had his last game for Canberra Croatia. Can you just give me your thoughts on him and his contribution to the MPL? Um, Pavlak's been absolutely outstanding all the time I've been here. He's been a mainstay in this squad. He's over 200 games in league and cup for for this uh, for Canberra Croatia, where we are at this venue now, and. Always gives you um, those one of those players that gives you that seven or eight out of ten every week, which is what you want. He rarely has a bad game, and and he started off his career a bit further forwards as a marauding winger. I think Frank will remember that as well. And you know he was absolute lightning, and he caused real issues for defenders. Um, as he got older, he's moved back a bit, and he's still bombing up and down that wing, didn't he? And I think you know as well as he wouldn't have got like to have gone off injured last night when he was. I think it was quite fitting that he got a bit of a, a bit of a. Um, you know, valedictory walk-off. If you like. I think it was a nice touch yesterday when they won the trophy that they, um, Maddie singled out Aiden Brunskill and um, and uh, Ivan Pavlak, both former captains of the club. Uh, you know, both won the armband and and pulled on that red shirt with a lot of pride over the number of years. So you know, um, even as an opposition coach, you know, when I was at Olympic, um, they were players you, you knew that were always going to give a hundred percent at at you know for for their for their side and they've they've done it over a number of years and and really it's a really good um example to anyone young coming through at the game to see what you know what it's all about Brunskill 300 games as well for him over he he pulled the pin pre-season and just before a friendly I went to against ANU um I think he just felt that it was time you know when it's time and yeah whilst he would have been disappointed not to be able to go around this season again I mean we talked about it briefly in commentary yet that's over 500 games of, of football for this football club between those two players and they'll be missed as well and they'll be missed around the football community um, and I'll miss calling games that they're involved in because both great individuals as well. And last bit on Canberra Croatia, we'll uh, go to you Frank for this one. What what do they need to do to uh, keep up this sort of uh, performances and forms next season? Or I know a lot can change in the off-season. Yeah, look, I think the, the most interesting thing for them is if if they do retain Nico Oida, then there's probably not much that they need to do. If they lose him, I think he could be you know, one of the most significant losses that you could have to any side um, over the course of the year because, you know, to me, he's just been um, just every time that I've seen him play, every time I've seen Canberra Croatia play, uh, outside of, say, Cobbletalo and, and to the latter part of the year, Gubasa, he's been the standout for mine. So, you know, I think Dean will, will probably, or he'll know that, and uh, they've done a great job to promote him and, and, and the, the way he's been playing. And, and I guess he's been, he'll be looking for, for, you know, new challenges outside of Canberra. I guess if he stays in Canberra, it'll be here. But if not, then, um, and he's well worth, you know, an A-League contract. So 
he's um he's going to be hard to to replace, and and that's probably the only thing that that Canberra Croatia need to do is is find suitable replacements uh, to, to to cover that loss. I think if they're going to make a change at all, they might try and bring in a, a number nine, a, a goal scoring number nine. If there's one around, there's not many around to give them that flexibility of change of formation if they need to. Whilst Colbertal is doing a great job in that role, um, they might decide that they want someone who's a bit more um, used to finding the net. But then everybody's looking for that kind of player. There's not many of them around in terms of, of that of that quality. But as Frank says, there's not a lot they need to do. They've gone through the season unbeaten. There's not a lot they can they can change and. It'll all depend on, as he said, what they lose in the summer, if they do lose some players and how they go about replacing them, whether it's here or whether it's interstate and they have to go looking for players. Certainly going to be an interesting off-season in that regard. Now, in terms of um, Gungahlin, what what now for them? You want to take this one? Give <laughs> uh, easy one. Yeah. Do you want to go? Uh, well, I can go <laughs> first. I think, I think every, every coach is, is going to be looking at retaining who they believe are their better players. So, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how... You know, we, we said at the beginning of the year, Marcel had set up a squad for, you know, 20, 30-odd games. To keep them all happy over a 10 or 12-game season it was going to be difficult. So it's probably going to be, you know, you put an exclamation mark on the end of that now because there's going to be players who didn't get probably the game time that they think they were going to get or anticipated they were going to get. And that's through no fault of Marcel, but that's just the circumstances. So, you know, player retention is going to be significant uh, and important. And uh, and obviously, he'll, he'll eye, uh, you know, re- probably fixing up a couple of areas that he identifies as, as problem areas for himself. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's where he'll um, be looking at. You, Ross? Yeah, I tend to agree. I think it's all dependent, again, on what, what personnel come back for them next year. Um, they've got the basis of, obviously, a really good squad. We know that. Um, we talked about it during the season about whether they needed to change their system. Now, it's, a, it's Marcel and his principles, and that's great. He's stuck by his principles. He wanted to play with that back three. I think he got found out on a few occasions this year, and and it's only going to get worse. I think in that respect over the summer, with all this video footage we've got to look at, teams can find ways to to beat that system. Whether Marcel does change that is up to him. I don't think he will because I think he'll stick to his principles, and I think he he's got the players to do so. He needs to tweak a few spots, I think, to find out what his best formation is and what his best personnel is in that. Um, I think their main issue this year for me, and you might agree, is that they because of those players that he had. He rotated the squad a lot. So um, I think in a longer season, we won't see quite so much rotation amongst the players and, and you'll be more settled lineup. because, as Frank knows as a coach, when you change teams a lot, you don't get that cohesion and that fluidity that you possibly want. Yeah, uh, changing four or five at a time doesn't make it easy for anyone, not just the coach. doesn't make it easy for the players either. And let's uh, discuss the game you guys just um, wrapped up then in commentary. Monaro Panthers 2, Woden Western 1. Strong win by Monaro. Of course, it gives them a little redemption after finishing the regular season in last place. And Woden Western's five-match, I believe, unbeaten streak has come to an end here at Deakin Stadium. What were your thoughts on this one, guys? It was a funny old game. We said it in commentary. To be here on a Sunday at 11.15 in the morning, it felt like the players didn't wake up till about an hour into it. And, and, and it felt like that. It was scrappy. Um, both sides gave what they gave their all to be honest but I think it was really hard for them to lift themselves for that game uh, good to see a couple of goals nice to see David Jenkins get his first ever Premier League goal lovely finish as well Nick Dahl got on the end of a bit of a mess up between Connor Bill and, and William Lejeune and nice to see Martin Deng um, a veteran of this, of this league come on and score a goal close to the end but in terms of quality probably wasn't the greatest game that we'll ever see but I mean I don't think the Panthers will care they've got a win under the belts yeah, I guess it depends on, on what, what the clubs are hoping to get out of that. So, you know, to, to 
to be really harsh, if I was, you know, if I was looking at those two clubs and those two games, I'd, I'd get them to watch the Gungahl and Deakin game from last night, and then watch this one back, and then compare the quality of both. Um, to me, yeah, I, I mean, a few players, you know, lifted their arms in sort of triumph after that game, but the reality is they're they're a long way off at the moment. Yeah, work to do for both those sides. And just quickly before we wrap uh, wrap up MPL one, what is there any um, things that you guys would suggest in terms of uh, both their sides for next season? Or because they, uh, like especially Woden, were coming into good form well, uh, before the yeah. Look, I mean, I think both sides have got players in there that they'll want to keep, and both sides have got players in there that they'll want to move on. I think that's fair enough from both of them. The coaches will know who they are. Um, do, depending on who's in charge of these sides next year, whether Uli goes round again, whether Jimmy goes round again, um, we'll wait and see. But I think whatever happens is this, and this is the same for every club in Canberra. It's such a small community. We've spoken about this on on Eminem podcast before. It's very easy to move clubs in Canberra. It's not difficult. Um, and coaches come in, and coaches go, and coaches have their favourite players that they might try and bring. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's. It's as simple as that. I don't think there's going to be one club in Canberra that won't try to improve on what they did this year. Even Canberra Croatia. Yeah, I mean. For all intents and purposes, the perfect season, but they know going into two, you know, 2021, if it's a full season and it's 21 rounds, there are things that they want to improve on that they, um, that they, you know, that didn't accomplish this year as far as like just a 90 minute performance and things like that. That's not a knock on them. They were outstanding and by far the best side in the competition. Um, but every club will be looking to improve. You can't stand still. If you do stand still, other clubs will come back, along. And, and I think the, the, the main thing that, that I've taken from this season, um, especially being with Frank in commentary as well, is that the gap that we saw between top and bottom, I don't think is as evident as it has been in recent years. And I know it was only a very small season. And Woden, uh, Manera finished bottom with five points. They're only four points off the top four. There are only a couple of results getting into that top four. Tuggerong were one kick away from getting into that top four. So hopefully next season the sides will still be as competitive as they can. And we will see the traditional big teams. Well, we saw Canberra Olympic struggles this year. Maybe it'll be a bit more of that next year. So there will be, and that is it for MPL One, guys. Uh, Frank, thank you very much for joining us, and thank you for coming on throughout the season. It's been greatly appreciated. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, welcome back, everybody, from Deakin Stadium. We are now going to discuss the MPLW final. It was Canberra Croatia two, Belconnen United zero. I have Russ Gibbs, the man who commentated on it to discuss it with me. Russ, let's just get your initial uh, thoughts on the game. Uh, that is Canberra Croatia, 10 from 10 this season. Yeah, absolutely. The better team won on the day. I think they were they were the better side from the kickoff, to be honest. They offered more threat going forward. They were very good defensively. Um, Belconnen offered very little going forward. The loss of Nicole Jaloka um, the night before and then Alexia Fauna earlier in the year with a um, knee injury has really hurt their progress. 13 goals they lost there. And I think it was... It was noticeable on the park. Um, as soon as Brittany Pulumi's free kick went in, it was an uphill struggle for Ahmed Yugo and his team. But to credit to them, they, they tried their best to get back into it. But when you're playing a side that's full of confidence and full of goals like that Canberra Croatia side is, the, the outcome probably wasn't surprising to many. And let's let's talk about that uh, defensive performance, shall we? This is a team that at the start of the season were winning, but they, they kept... Whenever I talked to Nick, they said no. He said, no, we've got to improve on defensive, improve on defensive performance. And by the end of the season, they were keeping a lot of clean sheets and have improved defensively. I said to Grace Gill yesterday in my interview, I feel like that was probably the encapsulation of their uh, defensive improvement this season. Well, I think we mentioned it, didn't we, in the podcast earlier yeah. in the year, that they, and I definitely remember mentioning it um, after three rounds. I think they conceded six goals um, in the first two, in rounds two and three, that snuck home with that ridiculous 
own goal, the ricochet that off um, yeah. in round one. So they haven't been playing well, and defensively they were a bit of a shambles, but they managed to tighten that up. Rihanna Fenson found her feet and formed a really good uh, central defensive partnership um, and managed to become one of their better players this season. I think that made a big difference to them, and you could see it yesterday. She won everything in the air. She was a bit nervy in the first 25 minutes or so, but once she settled, um, they were a different side, and credit to Nick and his team for getting across the line going forward. They've just got so many options, haven't they, with Grace Gill, Grace Field, and then, of course, they've got the Thunder in that left boot that is Brittany Palumbi. Uh, let's talk about Grace Gill for a bit because she did win the um, the the, uh, the player of the match. So, I, especially in the latter part of the game, she was uh, getting fouled a lot in that game. And, um, of course, you always single out one of those sort of players to, um, you know, try and, um, you know, limit their uh, progress in the game. How did you feel uh, she uh, she played in this game? Yeah, she was, uh, they didn't give her an inch, which of course they wouldn't. And why would you? She's a quality player. You don't want to be giving her any time on the ball. That's why she got a lot of fouls. And to be honest, she's a physical girl in that space, in, in this competition and woman, I should say. And, and she's hard to knock off the ball. So she is going to get a lot of fouls, but she puts her body in the right position. She's very experienced as a footballer. She got a few niggles here and there and, and she knows what she's doing. But her impact on the game was, was there for all to see from start to finish. And I'm, you know, I'm so glad for her as an individual and also someone outside class as a friend to be able to score that second goal from a free kick as well. And I've done a fair bit of commentary with Grace over the years in, in the W League as well and watched her as a player from a W League player in season one to where she is now and yeah great individual and yeah can't be uh, anything but pleased for her um good footballer um probably one of the players of the season and it was a it was a, it was a great free kick as well sh- uh, sh- shall i say uh, anyone else from canberra croatia stand out to you before we move on to belcon yeah palumbi obviously i mean she got the goals this season she was good there's oh, speaking of goals there's just one there <laughs> um she's been uh, excellent uh, throughout the season um as she always is grace fields come to the fore towards the end of the year uh, Cecilia Martic came off the bench yesterday um, I knew it was really hard for Nick Brosnan she may have mentioned it to you to pick between her and Lara Agnew yep. that was her 50th game of W League of W League of MP, WMPL and she's only 18 years old you know it's incredible um, he's got a great squad um, they've all played their part this year and they can all be very happy um, special mention I think for Vanessa Ryan who they've brought in through the year and I know you and Jeremy have mentioned her a lot in commentary she's, she came as a forward they reduced her they produced her into a fullback and she's done a fantastic job Indeed. Now let's talk about Belcon a bit. Uh, you mentioned how they lost Alexia Fauna and uh, for for half the season, and then Jaloka as well for the final. And you mentioned a lot of goals, but that's also a lot of creativity as well in the thing. I th- and I think that you could sort of see when they scored less goals uh, in the second half of the season that uh, Alexia Fauna especially was a miss for them. Yeah, absolutely massive miss. You're going to miss a player of that quality, a player that can create from nothing really and, and pick those passes. You would have seen a lot of the games that you guys commented on, commentated on that later in the second half when the field gets a bit broken. And you've got a player of that ability that can glide through tackles and take people on and then wait those passes through. When you miss that, it's a big miss. Um, they've done well this season considering the players they lost in the, in the off-season. They lost Sally James as a goalkeeper who was a fantastic goalkeeper last year. Um, they lost Bronte Pike and, um, and Lauren Keir from their back four. They lost the real experience of Kelly Munoz, which is massive. So credit to them, they've done well to get to where they are. It was a really difficult ask for Ahmed Yugo to take that on. Um, we saw some good performances from them. Uh, throughout the year, we also saw some uh, um, less than stellar performances, which we which we come to expect from Balcon. Um, but I think they were they are where they are. They're the second best team in the competition for a reason. And I think just on this occasion, a more experienced Canberra Croatia were the better side and were the champions. And Ahmed Ogul, uh, when I meant when I uh, interviewed him after the game yesterday, said this was his um, last match in charge of the women's team. He will be moving on into the men's program. So uh, how do you feel he did, considering he was? 
uh, only uh, prepared to be the assistant coach until about, I think it was three weeks before the, the post-COVID break happened. Well, people might think, look at that, Ding Ahmed Eagle's done one year and he's gone from the first grade. But that's not the case, is it? And you probably told yeah. me this yesterday. Yeah. He's been in that program as an assistant for four a number years. of years now. Yeah. So four years. One year is the, is the head honcho, if you like, but for the three-year build-up as an assistant. So he feels he's done his time there. And I don't blame him, to be honest. He's, he's taken on what's a really difficult challenge, thrust on him at the end of uh, when Alan Maric decided to pull the pin um, at the start of the season. So it was difficult for him to do. Uh, he's done a good job in the, in the situation. He's brought some young players through again. We saw some Sona Nina Zadovac come on this season and score a couple of goals. We saw 14-year-old Meyer Osman get a first start yesterday as well. So there's plenty of quality um, young players in that Blue Devils setup that he's brought through as well. Carried on what Anthony Jagarinic has been doing at that level. So whoever takes over, uh, whoever that may be, will have a good solid platform to from where to work. And I'm looking forward to see Ahmed Yugal around still progressing as a coach because as a young coach, he's got a lot to offer. He certainly does, and uh, th- thanks to him for all his uh, contributions to this podcast throughout the season, and as well as all the other coaches and the players that have um, contributed to this also. And uh, before we wrap up, uh, I asked you, uh, where does Belco go from here? Where does uh, Canberra Croatia go from here? How do they sort of, um, you know, keep this uh, sort of momentum up? Well, how do you improve on perfection? Um, well, 10 out of 10, <laughs> there's not much more you can do, is there? Uh, but Nick Brosnitz, the challenge now for them is that they've done that. Now it's the challenge to, now they're the hunted rather than the hunters because they're the ones that won the league championship. They're the ones that won grand final glory. They're the ones that were chasing Belconnen this year. Now that's, the roles are reversed. So the question is now, can they pick themselves up and have the hunger and desire to do it again? Will Grace Gill go around again? Will Grace Field go around again? Has Brittany Pullumby got the hunger to score more goals? Which obviously the answer to that is yes, because she never tires of scoring goals. Um, will they bring on their young players? They've got young players coming through as well. Jordan Oyder, one of them who's been very impressive this season as well. So it's going to be an interesting summer for Nick as well because the whole mindset of that club now changes and now shifts. They're the champions there to be shot at. Everybody's now looking for them. So that's different for them. And that's going to be interesting to see how they go. To be honest, if he keeps that same 11 again and improves it in one or two areas, which he'll think about, as all coaches do, we talked about it in MPL, you know, they're going to be really hard to beat again. And they'll, they'll rightly start the season as favourites. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are just going to uh, mention the MPL 2 result yesterday, which was Ugali 3 and White Eagles 2. This makes uh, puts Ugali in the final. Uh, in their first season in MPL 2, Russ, which is uh, very impressive. We've discussed them throughout the season, saying how impressed we are. But like, I have to bring it up because he mentioned to mentioned it to me at the start of the season, Luke Santillin said, we're not here to make up the numbers. <laughs> and not only have we said they've proved it all season, but it, it uh, they've proved it when it matters, and that's to make the final. Uh, White Eagles once again fall in the semifinals as they did last year. It was a very, very competitive MPL 2 season, though, this year. Let's not forget uh, with the likes of O'Connor Knights and ANU missing out. ANU missing out on the final day of the season. Um, what did you um, make of uh, this result and Ugali being in the final? We're not surprised, are we? No. I mean, like you said, Luke Sandlin said they're not here to make up the numbers. They proved that. They're 90 minutes away from winning the whole thing. They're waiting to see who they will play, obviously. Queen City or Wagga City um, play later on today. Um, the, by the time this goes out, obviously, everyone will know who they will be playing. Yeah, they're, they're going to be there, difficult to, to beat. They've finished top of the table. They've been given the task to win in their semi-final. They've done so. I understand there was four sendings off in that match yesterday. Um, Ugali lost a player. White Eagles lost three. Um, so to be 3-2 is is probably a, a decent effort from White Eagles in that kind of scenario. And it's going to be interesting who they play in the final. Um, 
again, they'll need to back this up next year. There's no point doing it for one year and then missing out because they'll want to play an NPL one. They'll feel that they're good enough to. We've mentioned it before this year. They've got a lot of players in that Ugali team that have played Premier League football here for the Riverina Rhinos in this competition. So I'm not surprised. They're, they're, they're swift. They're, they're young. They're exciting to watch. They score goals. With that, you're going to win games. We certainly are. All right, uh, Russ is taking a sip of water. He's he's had a long week, everybody. It's been about been a long month, hasn't it? It's long been a long month. Long... Sorry, yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah for the past long... three weeks, you've called at least four games a week. Yeah, a four week. games a weekend. Just just getting a bit throaty towards the end of the season, Sam. But it was tickling the throat. So hey, uh, Russ's H2O consumption, I'm sure, has gone up massively throughout oh, that the last and, that and week. The cough syrup. And, and the cough syrup <laughs> as well. <laughs> let's not forget that as well. So uh, let's just uh, mention MPL two final just a little bit. Um, of course, Wednesday we should all. We should all know what's going to happen and where that final will be placed, whether it'll be in Canberra or whether it'll, whether it'll be in a makeshift place like Cootamundra or something like that. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole process? And is the game going to be commentated, as everyone wants to know? Yes, we will be commentating on it. I will be there with um, someone. I don't know who it will be at the moment, depending on where it is. If it's here, um, it'll likely be Frank Keisha again. Um, if it's Cootamundra, Lachlan Roberts will probably join me down in there. Uh, waiting to see who it is. I mean, we, we, we spoke at the start of the year, could we get an interstate, all interstate um Grand final, we're going to get one because technically Queanbeyan in New South Wales, of course. But um, <laughs> uh, are we going to get Wagga versus Ugali? That will be really interesting to see if it is. It'll be uh, a real, I guess, coup for the competition that two teams from the region can actually show out that they're worth getting to that grand final. I'm really looking forward to whoever it is. One more go around with the mic before W League kicks off, and uh, hopefully we can keep this going in some way or form over the summer as well to keep uh, people up to date with the news and sport in Canberra of, of our great game which we've really enjoyed. Indeed and uh, thank you very much for joining us throughout the season I'm sure we'll have another one next week for MPL 2 but if we don't, thank you very much Russ, it is greatly appreciated and everyone's of course enjoyed uh, listening to your perspective. Yeah, thanks very much for you guys as well, you guys have done a really good job to get this out there to people and to give everybody a platform to talk, it's been great. Thank you very much Russ. Alright, that was our MPL 1 Grand Final Wrap-Up, our MPLW Grand Final Wrap-Up, and our MPL 2 Partial Wrap-Up. Of course, Queen City and Wagga City will be playing later on today at 4pm. That won't be on this podcast, but I will follow up with some audio interviews with both the coaches that make the final, and we'll preview the MPL 2 Final in that regard. That will all be on our, on my socials, so Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, um instagram as well it'll all be there so thank you very much everybody for the likes the shares the subscribes the likes the the views on the videos especially those four preview videos it was greatly appreciated um i appreciate all the feedback and compliments we greatly appreciate it and also shout out to tom larkin and shay marion who helped me edit and film these all these things uh, you know i can't do it without uh without a great team and they did a fantastic job they made it uh, made us look a little more professional than uh, we actually are at this point, but we're a growing uh, growing entity at the moment and uh, they're a big part of it. So thank you very much. And thanks to Tony Vidovich as well, the Canberra Crusher president who hosted us graciously at, uh, graciously here at um, Deakin Stadium, which was, of course, um, greatly appreciated. So thank you very much, everybody. So just enjoy the football. I hope you enjoyed the finals and enjoy the MPL2 final coming up. Like I said, there'll be content coming up for that throughout the week. Thank you very much.